Hello everyone, welcome to the Working Mom Life of a Bully Teacher. My name is Dr. Courtney Pegram and I'm here with you today. I am so excited, this is episode 15 and I love uh, reading your comments, feedback and thank you so much for um, either rating me or recommending me, I really appreciate it. Um, So quick snippet, what this podcast is all about. So I designed this podcast to be able to speak to parents um, about what is going on in schools and then also to talk about trends or either things that are going on that not necessarily your child has been talking to you about, but we've seen. Um, So basically what I do is I'm a bully teacher. Um, I work in schools, organizations, Uh, different capacities from uh, doing keynotes to assemblies, parent workshops, and professional development training for teachers. Uh, We focus a lot on bullying prevention, social skills, and social emotional learning. Um, So that's a little bit about me. And the reason I wanted to start this podcast is to really give you some insight on what's going on, but also some tips and strategies. So a lot of this stuff has either I've read about, I've tried myself, or um, kids have told me some ideas or advice that they want their parents to do. So I think that it's really important for us to open these these doors and these channels of communication so that we can foster connection with our children because middle school is rough. Uh, So that's kind of my target, is to help middle school parents and parents of teenagers to better develop relationships, fuel connection, and foster a strong relationship. Because those years can be really rough, and they're also the fundamental of who we are, and they can either build us up or break us down. So let's get started. So for episode 15, I wanted to focus on peer pressure. Last week I talked about parental pressure and I wanted to go and move more into what is peer pressure and the impact it has uh, on our kids. So my goal is to provide you with resources and tips and there might not be that exact strategy but can work for you. So try to visualize a way that you can tailor some of my strategies to fit either your home environment, your schedule, and really build off it. I believe in really structure, repetition, and consistency. So that's a model that uh, at my company, Bulldog Solution, we use. So whatever you decide to do, first of all, have a structure around it of how you're going to implement the strategy. Um, Be consistent. So if you're going to try something, try it consistently because that's the way you see results. And then also repetition. It's really important that we repeat ourselves, even if it's different, like different ways, like write a note on the kitchen, uh, fridge, um, leave a note in your child's bedroom, maybe repeat it in the morning, I don't know, make a song out of it, create it in a mantra. Any way that you tend to be able to have the opportunity to repeat the message or the strategy that you're trying to implement. So again, structure, like create an environment that you can implement the strategy, consistency do it be consistent about it and if and like make sure that what you're you're implementing is consistent so that you're constantly doing it right and then repetition you might have to repeat yourself a lot find different ways so it doesn't sound um, redundant or annoying um, but create a space where the message is loud and clear 
So that's kind of that model that we use at Bulldog, and it's very, very effective when it comes to using some of our social skills strategies. So, hmm, where do I start with peer pressure? It starts as early as I've seen in third, fourth grade, and it's sometimes often smaller things, um, like being pressured to not be friends with certain people, uh, playing certain games on the playground, maybe uh, joining certain games or even chat rooms um, on the iPad. So peer pressure can start at a very young age. What happens is if we don't talk about what is peer pressure and how we can stand up for ourselves, our children might not have the skill set or even the toolkit to be able to stand up to their friends and assert themselves. So they end up in situations where they really didn't want to be in and they didn't know what to do. So my kid's a lot younger, uh, she's in kindergarten, and she often gets pressured by her friends to not be friend with a certain person or to do certain things like play a game on the playground. That is not necessarily bad peer pressure, but if my child does not want to do it, and she doesn't feel good about herself, she shouldn't be doing it. I found that she's just kind of giving in. So having those conversations, even at a very young age, is important. Because once they understand, oh, I'm being pressured to do something, and I don't like it, it doesn't make me feel good, or there's not any positive consequences of doing this, then they can say no. So I really want us to focus on how do we say no how do we build confidence? And then how do we find transition statements or strategies that we can give our kids so that they can overcome the peer pressure? Because there's a big difference between kindergarten peer pressure and to middle school peer pressure. So with the kids I'm working out right now, peer pressure can go from uh, vaping, uh, sex, sexting, drugs, alcohol, dating a certain person, saying a certain thing, stealing, um, sneaking out at night, lying to your parents. So, you know, it's a pretty big, um, I would say, bucket of things that can happen in middle school. And I think that having those conversations of, like, the impact of actions, consequences, and then understanding how, like, some things that we decide to do, even if we're pressured to do it, can severely impact the rest of our lives. So what I would recommend is if you have a teenager... And even if you have a child in elementary school, having these conversations over and over about what peer pressure is and using some of the strategies to like either play it out, act it out, talk it out can be really helpful so that they understand that it's okay to say no. And it's definitely okay to stand up for yourself. It's almost a must to stand up for ourselves. If we can stand up to ourselves, we can stand up to others. And that really creates confidence, self-worth, and high self-esteem in kids. So my first strategy that I'd recommend to try with peer pressure is help build your child's confidence um, so that they feel safe around their friends and they feel it's okay to be themselves, say, say the truth, share their truth, and also be able to say no. So there's a term that goes along a lot, a lot is like psychological safety, is if a child might trust another friend, but they might not feel psychologically safe with them, where they kind of are like watching what they're saying or doing what a friend is saying to do because they just don't want to like um, make them upset or feel excluded. Well, that's not a psychologically safe environment. So explain to your kids that, you know, 
friendship is more than just trust. It's about feeling safe with your friends, feeling like you can be yourself, feeling like you can say no. Those are really important things. So building your child's confidence is a strategy that takes time, dedication, and consistency. One of the things you can start doing is using positive affirmations, talking about self-worth and value. Um, I've been talking about this a lot in my groups is using I am statements. Uh, So having your child say out loud, uh, bear with me with this one, it does work, but I am loved, I am smart, I am athletic, those kind of things can have a huge impact. So using I am statements. then start monitoring how you're talking out loud about yourself and others to create more of a positive spin. So instead of saying like, oh, I am so stressed out, you can say, I'm feeling stressed. I am going to overcome this. These small shifts have a big impact. So we really want to work on how do we create an environment where we're sharing positive affirmations and strong positive statements about ourselves because that's about self-worth. Also work on correcting your child if they're putting themselves down. Be careful. If you're putting yourself down, you're modeling behavior, so it would make sense that your child might do the same thing. So to build confidence, we have to have a certain amount of self-worth. Feel worthy, love, supported. So sharing words of love, um, creating a space where a child can be themselves and open, you know, and then building their confidence like being the the biggest cheerleader for them can really help. Um, Other ways to build confidence is getting your child into something that they're really good at and they're highly skilled and they perform well. So if they're struggling in certain areas, maybe don't focus on that. Like, I mean, if it's academics, totally different, but if they suck at soccer, but maybe they're great at gymnastics, then make that shift. So I really believe in strength-based training and strength-based skill development, which means you focus on the strengths and the positives so that you can really feel good about yourself. You can feel worthy. You can feel you have a purpose and you have value. And as humans, we want to feel connected. We want to feel like we have a purpose. We want to feel like we are adding value. So a way to do that is to build confidence and also find the stuff that we're really good at and that makes us feel good about who we are. So those are some quick tips for building confidence. I mentioned another time, and I'm going to repeat this, like, it's all about repetition. Um, modeling behavior at home. So model positive behaviors. Start monitoring, like, what you're saying to yourself, what you're doing. I always tell my parents to watch your face, right? How many times are you rolling your eyes or making faces? Or um, Sometimes our emotions are just laid out right on our faces, and our children can read that. Um <clears throat> When you're modeling the behavior at home, you can even mention like things that you're doing with your husband, your wife, your spouse, your partner. So for example, um, if your husband is pressuring you to watch um, a sports game or do something, you're like, just be like, you know what? No, I I don't feel like doing that. Like, you know, I am tired and I, I really respect, I want you to watch that, but I don't feel, I, I don't feel like watching that. I don't, I want to go to bed early, get a good night's sleep, and you know what? And I, I'll let you do you do you, and then I'm going to make this choice for myself. I know it's small that example, but finding ways that your children see that you stand up for yourself and you're taking care of yourself can really have 
a lot of impact, more than we even realize. Um, practice and role play. So um, I'm trying to figure out like, so there's two different ways of practicing. So one is like laying it out, like what are the different scenarios that your child can go through with uh, peer pressure and practicing transition statements, how to stand up, what does that look like, having them visualize the situation, but also role playing. So if you have a good relationship with your child, role playing is really fun, it creates connection, and then the child can see how to react and what it looks like. Often when I role play, I pretend that I'm the child, and then or I pretend I'm the friend. I really get into it, um, and then even though it becomes funny and we're laughing, it also adds that value of oh, this is might might happen, or this is what they might say, or this is what I can say. So I'm sure we've all thought about this a thousand times of a situation where you should have said that, and that's what you're going to say next time, and right? So this is an opportunity to practice. So if the child can visualize themselves in the situation, visualize themselves saying no, standing up for themselves, and then feeling good after, that has a really high impact. And even though the situation won't go down anything like you practice, it gives them some some sounding, sounding like almost like some sounding buckets, right? You can think about sounding buckets of all these things that might happen. And then they can just pick and choose of what would be most helpful. So I think that it's really about role play, but like make it fun. Don't be so serious, but make sure that they're capturing the the strategies. Um, So you can maybe even like repeat or recap what they're saying. And then like, like I said, like that becomes their sounding bucket. So they know they've heard these words before. They're, it's part of their vocabulary. They've practiced. So that's really important. Another idea is when you're watching TV, what if you actually watch some of their shows? Because typically teens watch shows with other teens, and there's often a lot of peer pressure. So watch the show, and you don't have to be pausing it every five seconds and being like, what do you think they're doing? What do you think would be a great response? You can go through an entire show and be like, hey, I have a question. Like, does this happen at your school? What would you do? What would your friends do? How do you think they felt? Do you think it was hard for them to say no to their friends? What was the consequences when they didn't say no? So ask open-ended questions with curiosity. So you see my voice is open-ended. I'm not judging. I'm not saying, well, why do you think he, why did he do that? Hmm? Like, do you think that's a smart choice? So tonality is really important and the way we frame a question. So be open, pleasant, be yourself too, but try to remove that judgment, okay? That critical voice cannot come out while you're trying to talk to your child about peer pressure because they won't tell you anything. Um, And then next is... Once you've watched the show, talk about the different scenarios and kind of process that, I think it's really important to have a, a different conversation at a different time and talk about the different types of peer pressure that your child sees at school and the weekend on the different sports or activities they're doing. And then ask them like, what happened? And then have them walk you through the situation without being like a detective, like who was there? What happened? What, what went on? Be more like, Wow, that must have been really difficult. What did your friend do? And then how did that impact them? You know, how did that make you feel? What do you wish you could have done? What do you want to do differently? 
So again, open-ended questions fuel the thought process for your child to process what happened and almost problem-solve from themselves. I think that um, it's really important to talk about the different types of peer pressure that children see and the different consequences. So obviously, the pressure to steal, the pressure to send naked pictures, the pressures to do drugs and alcohol have a high level of consequences that can have a serious negative impact in their child's life. It could have immediate impact, future, you know, there's so much. And I think talking about the consequences and like if it's ways you can find different videos, um, resources, literature to show your child of like what this means, like, you know, especially the pressure to have sex at a very young age. If you don't talk to your child about sex, um, and then they, they engage in it and they don't even know what they're doing. There's so much danger, right? But having the conversation is really important. Talking about consequences, sharing stories, you know, just the impact. There, there needs to match that consequences to show that, like, you know, this is a really poor choice or bad decision that doesn't make you a bad person, Right? But this would, have a, this would be a bad decision, and there could be severe consequences. I think um, middle school is often pressured. Their peers pressure each other to do a lot of sexting. And you know what? Sometimes they don't even know what they're saying to each other, right? So that's a problem. But the negative consequences, if those texts get you know, brought to the principal, or if the media gets a hold of it, it's a nightmare. Your child can ruin their entire life over a text that their friend said to send. They didn't want to do it, and they didn't even know what it meant. So I think it's really important to talk about what can happen and then what to do in those situations. So, like, for example, if someone's trying to have them say something via text or a lot of times the kids, they swap phones and they text their other friends, well, the impact of someone saying, pretending to be you and saying stuff that's not you and saying stuff that's inappropriate can get a child in trouble. So having those conversations is super important. Talking about what do you do when things things happen and it went too far. Having your child walk through the process of, I just crossed the line, things are going too far, what do I do, is really important. So using you as a resource Maybe they have an uncle or aunt where they feel safe with, a teacher, a coach. So having a support system around your child, because it does take a village, to be there in case they get into situations where things got out of control is very important. What we want is we want to keep them behind the line, but they're going to cross it. So let's have some support so that we can help them through that. And then also when you explain the consequences, They might not let it go so far that they reach out, and that's when we need to help them. Um, I really recommend to get to know your child's friends and their parents. So um, I think like having conversations, group texts, um, just talking about the different rules in each other's homes and expectations is really important. You know, because it can really help with the sneaking out, the lying, if all the parents are on the same page. Um, and really getting to know your child's friends can be really important because if your child's friends really like you and respect you, they're more likely in your home to treat it with respect and 
act as, as, as good citizens in your home because they don't want to disappoint you. They feel safe and they feel loved and there's no need to put pressure on each other to do something that has negative consequences. Also, if you know your child's friend's parents, it really helps on dictating like what's, what, what as a group of friends do we agree to hold our children to? What do we, are we willing to accept? And then what boundaries and rules do we want in place as a group so that we all follow those rules? That can be really helpful. Um, that's an ideal world. If you don't have that, I would really recommend that you just get to know them, at least have their numbers, um, or know who they are, right? Okay. Um, another thing I want to talk about is how to, how to keep your teen engaged and active. That can really help with peer pressure. Which means is like having them in after school activities, sports, something so they're not bored. It's good to be a little bored. You know, sometimes, you know, it can really foster creativity and like give ideas and time to chill. But if the child is always bored and home alone often, um, they're more likely to take more risks or engage in risky behaviors that have negative consequences. So, like I said, get your kid into something they love and they're really good at. And that takes a lot of the idea of they're not going to want to mess up because they really want to do certain things. Um, so also, in these activities they're engaged, learning about them, like fostering that, that conversation around why they love it and like the positive impact on that because they're more likely to make good choices to continue to be in a certain sport activity, you know, because they really want to, they really want to do well in it. So those are some quick tips for you to kind of address and talk about peer pressure. Um, I want to leave you with this. Everyone messes up. Our kids are going to totally mess up. And I am with you. It is scary. But instead of us putting blinders on and pretending this stuff isn't happening, it's time to sit down with our kids and have real conversations. And let's stop talking down to them and talking with them. So let's listen, pay attention, Put the phones down, turn them around, and be with your child because they have the answers and they can tell you what they need. So I really think it's important for us to open our hearts and sit down with our kids and listen to what they have to say. So that is all for today. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to seeing you all on my next episode. Take care.